I'm Nalaya Chakana, and you're listening to the Dare to Love podcast. The Dare to Love podcast is the place where we get naked and have a real conversation. So welcome, Laura. <laughs> it's really, yeah, it's really a pleasure to have you. Uh, I don't remember the last time that we spoke live on the phone like this, but yeah, the journey that we took a couple of years to a couple of years ago together was really beautiful. Um, Laura joined the journey of Dare to Love and afterwards we did some individual sessions and here she is. Uh, she's fallen in love with her soulmate and I personally know very little about this so I'm also very curious to hear more. Uh, so maybe you can introduce yourself, uh, tell us where you're from and a little bit of like, you know, what are the reasons that you wanted to join Dare to Love back then? Um, kind of like the energy of, of where you were at so that we can really journey with you and see how did you end up to actually be able to attract your soulmate? Sure. Hi, Nalaya. Um, yeah, no, it's so nice to be here. It's so nice to hear your your voice and to, to reconnect. Um, so my name is Laura. I'm from Ontario, Canada. I'm in education over here. And at the time when I reached out to Nalaya, I um, was just in a really like stagnant relationship and it was going really nowhere. And so I knew things were fine, like it was fine, but it wasn't great. It wasn't, um, it wasn't going literally anywhere. My partner at the time didn't want to get married or have a family or, you know, and always chose everything else over me. And so, um, but it's really difficult to release something that there's nothing really wrong with. So it was, um, yeah, it was, you know, I just reached out to Nalaya and I felt it was a really good fit. Um, and then I did the Dare to Love course, and I'm sure we'll talk about that later, but, um, I was then diagnosed with uh, triple negative breast cancer. And so then I did chemotherapy, radiation, IVF, um, and froze, froze my eggs. Um, uh, and Nalaya and I did some work together after that um, individually. And I have to say like th that you gave me such a bigger perspective. Um, and, and even to the point where it was like my breast cancer was diagnosed through the Dare to Love course. It was in my left breast over my heart. And so, and it was, I was really lucky. It was stage one, very easy procedure and, you know, chemo and radiation were kind of awful, but it was, you know, I always call it in a weird way, the gift of cancer, because it gave me such perspective on how to, um, really move on with my life. And, um, take it in strides and it's a true testament to you and and the course and working with you that I was able to not only survive but really thrive and flourish after that yeah wow like as you're sharing I'm like reminded of all the feelings I felt back then um like it's really touching me because <laughs> yeah it's like wow I remember um just the symbolism no because I think we were in week two or maybe three, I don't even, like right in the beginning mm -hmm. of Dare to Love, when you got diagnosed and immediately, you know, like we looked at, okay, you're getting this answer in this moment while we're digging into the darkness, because the first weeks mm -hmm. are all about the darkness, you no, know? like pulling out the roots, pulling out whatever pattern mm -hmm. or shadow is stuck from the past. And so the body has all kinds of very intelligent ways of making sure we're actually listening. <laughs> and totally. yeah, cancer, I guess it's just, you know, there's been whispers of like, hey, Laura, check this out. And we ignore it, ignore it, ignore it until it actually forms into something substantial that could potentially become dangerous. And you caught it on time. And I remember just really witnessing the beauty of like your openness to acknowledge, like this is not just a sickness, it is something that needs to be approached holistically, which, you know, you did in every single way. Like with me, I guess it was more the emotional, spiritual side, but then the way that you approached also your decisions of like, how am I going to do this? You did it both in the natural medicine combined with the, the science, yeah, the science, the science medicine. yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, I yeah, and the way that you therefore were able to support your body and 
uh, journey through it, I, I suppose, in the best, the absolute best way possible. Um, yeah, I, I really have a lot of respect for because uh, it's not easy to make decisions in moments like that. Um, but yeah, and and just like how it all affects everything, no? Because it started to affect, I guess, in a way, Dare to Love has an effect not just on, oh, are you able to attract your soulmate? But it will start to, um, yeah, change in a way your vibration and therefore it can have a, a reaction on the already existing relationships and friendships and family members. And this is something that we saw unravel in your journey uh, with all your relations. <laughs> and then during totally. chemo, it really kind of like accelerated, no? And I think that this mm -hmm. is a really beautiful reflection and maybe you want to share a little bit about it because that's it, right? It's like there to love. Okay. You know, it's not really this like magical, oh, here's a, here's a magic spell. And now your soulmate will appear, but it really demands you to like stand in the resonance that you want. And if you upgrade your authenticity, not everyone is going to like it. Totally. And you know, that's so true. If, you know, I, I feel like now I'm especially my authentic self and my true self because I have boundaries. I, you know, I can stand up for what I believe in. I'm taking time for myself. I'm investing in myself. Right. So it's for, for me with uh, Dare to Love, it wasn't Yes, of course, we want to find someone that we want to live our life with that wants the same things. But for me, it was putting up boundaries. And, you know, I, I, I you know, really loved being single too, right? Like that was something I, I love my own time, you know, and it was just getting rid of the relationships that don't really serve me anymore, whether it's, you know, family friendships or, or partners at, at, at the time. And so for me, um, my now fiance is, you know, it's just a bonus. And I feel like we met each other at the perfect time in our life because past Laura wouldn't, I don't know, would have been a good fit. And I think that I've done so much learning and growing through this process. And for me, um, like I've, you know, there's no breast cancer in my family. There's no, you know, I don't have the BRCA gene, like there's nothing. So really, truly, like even doctors, which they never do call it an active, an active God, essentially, like that's, you know, and it's a medical miracle with the type of cancer that I have, which is triple negative breast cancer, which means it's not fueled by hormones. Um, it's really, truly a cause of potentially some external factor. So um, it could be stress, it could be those relationships that don't serve you. But, um, you know, it's like, I can get into the relationship that I'm in now. But the relationship that I was in just didn't serve me. It wasn't bringing out the best in me. It was actually making me not a great person to be around. So I don't know. It's for me, Dare to Love did so much more than finding a soulmate. It was just be, me becoming into my own. So are you open to share a little bit more about the details of like, okay, what was it about the past Laura that allowed herself to be in a relationship with someone who literally couldn't commit. I mean, he was with you, but like you said, all the other aspects of his life were priority. And he obviously loved you and cared for you. But like you say, no, it's like, okay, you're there. It's comfortable, but there's no growth. Where are you going? Where is this leading towards? Um, and I remember that escalated. I mean, you don't have to go into that, obviously. No, yeah. The escalation was just like a boom, no? Like a, yeah. a, a demonstration of like, okay, you're doing this inner work and you're now finally at a fork where you get to choose. Are you going to continue this path where it doesn't really fulfill the dreams that you want to? Or are you finally going to say no, which you've been you know, contemplating for a while back then. But yeah, if you can share just a little bit about like your patterns, because yeah. I'm sure there's so many people that can relate to what you went through. And then as you share about the certain patterns that you had or the ways of being um, and how you can relate that to what you just earlier said about the previous Laura wouldn't have been a fit for the, the soulmate, your fiance, who you are with now. I think that's really interesting. Yeah, because I think we're always growing. I'm I'm 41 years old now. I mean, it's it's a different I I feel like I know more now and just 
like in a way when you meet someone and you're like, okay, like I have nothing more to give. This is who I am. And your true self is being shown and you're not like all cards on the table kind of thing. And it was, it was that, that I think my now fiance and I have is that we were just both, you know, exhausted, right? Like we were both like, okay, let's see if this is a thing. And it just because we were so honest and transparent and we've both been through some hardships in terms of relationships, I think that it allowed us to really see through that fog that sometimes is dating, right? So my previous partner, he was, um, you know, like he, we had a lot of commonalities in terms of work. Um, we both were in it, are in education and, um, you know, he, he does come from, you know, a place where I always said this, like, um, and I don't know, I'm just going to (laughs) say, say it, but everything on the outside has to be perfect, right? Like you drive the nice car and you drive the, but like inside, when you look, you can only go so deep. You can only have surface. Um, Difficult conversations were really difficult. They weren't, um, I was always never a priority, right? Like, and I, you know, after talking to you, Nalaya, you were like, I don't think he's capable of this love. I don't that you so badly want. And so having nothing in my mind compared to that little bit of something was better than nothing. But after I did the Dare to Love course, I really came into my own in a sense. And then I got sick and he wasn't there really, you know. And I mean, he did serve a purpose because, um, you know, it was someone to talk to that didn't want to talk about cancer. So it was actually kind of great, but it was very selfish. Um, And I just found that he was very self-absorbed. And I'm not saying he didn't love me and he didn't care for me. He gave me everything he possibly could give me. It just wasn't enough for me. And so, you know, now what I, what I have in my relationship is, you know, any difficult conversation isn't difficult. Any, you know, any, you know, thing that we have to encounter, we encounter together. Um, I'll give you an example. We were going on a trip um, and we were getting on a train and one luggage, which is crazy on a train, they were like, (laughs) it's too heavy. And, uh, you know, and um, I was like, but we carry it on the train. You don't have to touch it. But anywho, um, we just went into the mode at the train station and moved luggage around. I put like one shoe in my purse and we just looked at each other and we just did it. There was no blame. There was no, oh, you pack the luggage. Like it was just, we were in this together and it was just a beautiful reminder of that we have each other's backs no matter what. And um, I I don't know, I've never had that before. And I've always, you know, I did, I edited a book a few years back and I had this big book signing thing in Niagara Falls and, uh, And like my past partner just chose to have a soccer party instead. And so it's again, you know, when someone is really there for you, you know it. And the other thing too, is I find that in a group, when you have someone in your corner defending you, not that you need defending, but having your back, it's a feeling that you just can't can't get anywhere else. Like you can't get from a parent or you can't get from a sibling, but when your life partner and your, your person that you, you know, want to spend the rest of your life with is is like defends you and, and says things, um, on your behalf. It's just a feeling that I never thought in a million years I would ever have. And, um, I do, I think before when you talk about past Laura, um, I was always just, yeah, sure, that's good enough, you know, like that's fine enough. And I might have shown my partner now, Brian, um, that like, you know, I'm just willing to settle for anything. And so, and now we hold each other in such a higher level and we go so far beyond the surface that it's like nothing, it's magical actually. (laughs) Like it's pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah, I love just feeling your words, you know, because you really, really deserve this this love, and I'm uh, yeah, I'm really so happy that you <laughs> yeah, that you found your partner, you know, because when it clicks, it just clicks. And even though the train example that you gave is so small, it is those small things that add up and create the whole picture of like how you actually maneuver 
because it's often these little things that actually are a reflection of what's ha actually happening on a deeper level. And so the fact, you know, when you talked about difficult conversation used to be difficult, um, yeah, that's it, right? Because when I, when I speak of ease, which is something I, I very much highlight in Dare to Love as well, it's like the ease doesn't necessarily represent that everything is always rainbows and sunshine and happy, happy, joy, joy, but it's actually like, no, no, you can go through an identity crisis. You can even be depressed. You can even, you know, struggle with, I don't know what, but if there's an openness, then it's like, it's hard to explain, right? But like the struggles are inevitable in life. Like we all have to fall on our faces sometimes or even clash or have misunderstandings with our partners. But when there is that willingness of like, no, I, I want to get you and I want to do this together, it's like really sensed in the way that you're able to navigate even these little light, tiny things like the train situation together. Yeah, and it really shows. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting, no? Because like somehow you were comfortable in your past relationship, um, but somehow you also felt really strongly like, no, something has to change, which is why you wanted to do this journey. I think there was like a deeper layer of you that even though you were kind of like, okay, um, you were already in the process of loving yourself mm -hmm. more and valuing more of what you were giving and seeing that it just wasn't reflected back to you. So would you say that like this um, pattern of choosing a man who wasn't really committed was present in in throughout your journey of life? Oh yeah, for sure. <clears throat> I've been... You know, I've never done dating apps. I've never done any of that stuff. It was never a priority. Work was always a priority for me. Um, and I just never put it as something, again, no disregard to dating apps. I mean, it works for some people, but we always want to meet people organically. And then it's just different now. And so, um, yeah, and I just... Um, for for me um i just feel that it like i wasn't i didn't really need to find that soulmate it was more loving and accepting myself on my own which i thought would be my future like i didn't think that i would meet someone and it wasn't until i think dare to love week where we did the whole um releasing of um the partner and at that point in time where I was like I'm good you know and then when I got sick it was just a reassurance it was like literally right after that release that I got I found out I got sick and um it, and it was like again it gave me I took time off work which was my purpose um and it gave me the ability to kind of really see myself from a different lens. And I often listen to your pod, that podcast that you did, that mantra, I don't know what, I think it's a death podcast where you kind of get rid of that past self and into your, your new self. And it was just, I often listen to it to just re bring me back to those moments in time, because I will never forget that, right? I will never forget that click of a button because you have to be okay with yourself you have to um love yourself in a way like even when I met my partner now it was like I was just looking for a good time if you know what I mean like I was not um like I had released that whole idea of I want a family I want a partner I want a husband I want all those things so and my past relationships were you know those I hate to use the term because it's always used those narcissistic type of, you know, sociopathic men that are just um, all about themselves. And when something's not going their way, they typically blame you, right? So um, where you get, you know, scared to say anything, even to the point now, sometimes I'm like, did I say anything I shouldn't have? And it's just that past trauma coming through. And so, um, and I haven't dated like a ton by any means, by any stretch of the matter, but I've definitely, you know, chosen my previous relationships based on commonalities and things we have in common where, um, yeah, it, it hasn't served me well at all. And you get in so deep and then it's almost too hard to turn back around. So, um, and you're, you're kind of in it at that point. You're, you're in love per se, or, um, 
and you really enjoy spending the little bit of time that these people are get willing to give to you, like those little crumbs that they're willing to give to you, you're willing to take it and absorb it and be like, it's not that bad, at least I get something. But when someone actually wants to spend all of their time with you, it's a different thing. It's a, it's a, it's so welcoming and it's so, you know, and sometimes I do, I'm like me, <laughs> not to sound like any victim or anything, but I'm like, it's given me the strength and the um, ability to love. Like I've n- never loved before. So it's nice. Yeah. You know, the thing that you're talking about that is typically, you know, something connected to narcissism it's a little bit of a game, right? Like this, what I call the addiction to love where there's this rush. And then of course there's a crash and we hate the crash, but somehow the game has you maneuver and jump through these hoops and climb up. I don't know what in order to get that reward again. And then it's taken away again. And then it's, you know, that push and pull, Mm -hmm. push and pull. And some people need to go through it within a relationship. Uh, but often it's also just the cycle of dating, right? Like, oh, here's another interesting person and it's all, you know, going high, high, high. But then when it doesn't work out, okay, I have to go through the cycle of heartbreak, letting go, processing, and then there's another one. And that one seems more exciting than the last one. And this is something that I definitely feel is triggered by, uh, dating apps. And anyway, I have nothing more to say about that because I've also never been on (laughs) dating apps, which is one of the things I I really, uh, yeah, love about how I've positioned myself in my life because it's like, there's something really powerful in just, okay, technology has a purpose and okay, I definitely know people who met their partner on these apps, but there's a lot of distortion there and a lot of confusion. And to step away from that in itself is also just a very powerful indication or like a reflection in the way that you present yourself to the universe of like, no, no, I trust in magnetism Mm -hmm. and the law of attraction and what I hold within my own resonance is what I attract. Plus on top of that, you know, I always like to think of, you know, the keys or the secrets of the universe are presented in, in, in the paradox And love itself is very much a paradox and it holds this mystical essence that, yeah, you have to know what you want, but you have to be willing to let it go completely. And as you said, no, like you, you knew what you wanted, but you kind of gave up, not gave up in the sense of like, oh, you know, I'm not worthy enough, blah, 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 but rather actually I really like being single. And it's so interesting because that position, that energy frequency, you can't fake, like you can't pretend to Mm -hmm. desperately long to be with someone while simultaneously enjoying your life. Like you have to fully know that you're worthy of the love and fully be able to let it go. And then boom, an opening appears. I mean, it's exactly how it went with me and Ruan as well. Like I, in the pandemic, I, I had gone through a particular experience and I was just like, you know what? We're in this pandemic. I, you know, I don't want to waste my time on a lover and have some, you know, sparkly sexual experience with someone I don't want to give my whole heart or all of the depth of my emotion and vulnerability to. I don't want to guard myself. I don't want to waste my energy. And so I was like, okay, it's fine. This pandemic is probably going to last a little longer. I'm just going to pour all my energy into my, into my work. And then I think the next week, you know, Mm -hmm. one knocked on my door. So it's, yeah, it's fascinating how things can unravel, but it's really, it has to come from this position of not expecting it in any shape or form. And, And that true authenticity of like, I'm in a receptive open space and I trust, but I let go. It's like an art. It's like, we can talk about it over and over again, but that feeling, um, I mean, it's basically the ground from which I've constructed dare to love. Like how do we really end up in module six, which is the last module in that feminine magnetic receptive energy of like, I trust. And it's not a fake trust. It's not a, I close my eyes and envision you know, mm-hmm. Lala, Rosie, <laughs> you know, vision of yeah. love, but actually like I'm here. And there was one more thing I wanted to respond to. What did you say? Mm. I, yeah, I wasn't looking for it. Um, I don't know. I just, I don't know. It'll come. 
it'll come. <laughs> but yeah, like even I made the first move. Like my cousin had told me about him for many, 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 many years. Um, like weirdly, I know this sounds crazy, but I'd been in his house a few times, which is because they were neighbors. And so I don't even remember being in there, but I do in a sense. And so um thinks I'm crazy but um <laughs> I did not stalk at all but um but anywho yeah I just I made the initial contact like I said you know to send him a message and I think like I was like at that time there was still no way I was even looking like thinking we would be getting married or anything I was looking for like a good time and you know I was just kind of coming off the sickness and and things like that and so I I messaged him and I said you know hey (laughs) you know he's my cousin's uh cousin so I said word has it you're the world's best uncle and he said he messaged me back but like he didn't accept me to the Instagram or whatever excuse me, um, a few times. And I was like, okay, whatever. It's never going to be a thing. And then we just started chatting and went to visit him. And I remember your words sticking like, and even now I'm faced with moving, moving countries and, you know, at least for a little bit. And I remember your words to me, like, why wouldn't you move for love? Like, why wouldn't, why, why is that a thing? Why is that a barrier? Right. And it's like, why not? It's, it's the world. And we get in these little silos where it's like work and I'm in education. So I'm going to do this till I'm 55, retire, and then spend my retirement looking for what I've been looking for now, potentially, or doing something, you know, and then die. Right. So we often don't get these surprises in life, right? Like even now, like I just got a new position in education, a higher level job. And, um, compensation is really good. And, um, we get in these, these things, like, I want to get to that top. I want to get there. And it's like, we kind of have to take a step back and be like, I'm no good to anybody unless I'm well. And to be loved is the greatest gift of all really, truly. And so for, for me, your, um, your words always came into my head when I was chat chatting with him is because like, why wouldn't I pursue this? Cause often before, and that goes back to like past Laura, like I wouldn't even have engaged in the conversation. I'm like never moving from Canada. I'm doing this job for the rest of my life. I'm going to be the director of this, this job. And it's, it's now things have changed and I want something different because when I was sick, nobody, someone covered my job and I was off sick. And, you know, if something happened to me three days later, I would have been replaced. So we all, we have to think about ourselves in these times. Yeah, it's really beautiful because I spoke about this in, in the past uh, episode with my guest, Nikki, about what sacrifice means and um, how sacrifice is very often part of very important decisions that we make in life. And I would say specifically in love. And there's this misconception that sacrifice is like, um, you know, giving of yourself in a way that takes from you. But the origin of the word comes from to make sacred. And there's, you know, often we do find ourselves at this point where it's like, are you really willing to sacrifice something that means so much to you? Like your work, no? And I think that that goes for many of us where it's like, yeah, we hold certain things in value and work and home, like these things that root us into a sense of belonging and purpose. It's part of our primal constitution of who we are as human beings. And to be questioned whether you're willing to give that up, to sacrifice it, to make it into the sacred, like to give it, right? This uh, is a really beautiful gesture. And that kind of hooks into what I wanted to respond to earlier. Um, when you talked about the death meditation, um, the journey of like, yeah, that's the last week of uh, darkness where the meditation allows you to kind of like, uh, take an overview, you know, like, where are you now? What have you, what decisions have you made? Have they served you? And like, what if this was really, the end of your life, would you feel satisfied? And if you got that second chance, how would you step up in a new way? And that death for me, the reason I constructed it like that is because I really feel like 
we're often very stuck in our identities and the identities are um, holding intact the patterns that sabotage the thing that you really want. And in many cases, this is why I feel sacrifice is so important because by sacrificing aspects that are so part of your foundation, everything crumbles. And for a moment, you're in the most vulnerable, naked, open position. And the only thing you can really do is trust. And that, what it does to the psyche, I mean, it can be really confronting, right? It can come with all kinds of emotional purges and like feeling like oh, you're yeah. losing it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Going crazy. Like, exactly. oh my God. Yeah. I, I want to hear your version, but like I, I definitely <laughs> went through that. You know, I've, I've, it wasn't the first time I moved for love, but this time when I did it for Ruan, like I could feel it in my bones. Like, this is different. Like I knew he was the father of my children. Like I knew like something is about to drastically change. And the sacrifices I had to make was like my actual home, my community, my place in the community, my, my sense of belonging even my work, right? When I got pregnant. So it was like one thing after the other until I was left in this space where nothing in the, in, in the surroundings was part of the familiar that added to my previous identity. And so that was my death. I mean, the death kind of continued into the first year of being a mother, but it was all really necessary to allow me to arrive where I'd long to be to really be in this feminine position that allows my man to really thrive in his masculinity. And in order for that kind of balance in our relationship to be achieved, I had to be taken completely out of my comfort zone because otherwise those external references or even the people or how they responded to me in the community that I lived in in Peru, they would have just reaffirmed, reaffirmed, reaffirmed my previous identity that just... I don't know, was in resistance to being in my feminine, let's put it like that. So I'm really curious, like how... Yeah, it's it's just, I mean, judgment is a thing, right? So even when you say, like, I've met this, this guy, he's far away, I'm going to leave everything here that I've worked so hard to get, and everyone has an opinion. So, and I come from a sports kind of background, right? Like I, I played varsity sport. I, 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 I love sports. I'm, you know, and that was my identity. And then I got a position in as, you know, at the time a teacher and like, we're constantly, we do something and then we get judged. Like I always say like diving, like is a sport similar or gymnastics, right? Where you do an action and you look to the judges and you're like, okay, how'd I do? Right. We always want to be, we always want to be judged. And I think that's a fear and it's innately in some kids as we get older, you know, where we're like, okay, it's better to just lay low and do your job and get to where you can be, you know, with positive judgment, right? Like, I think that that's for me a thing. And, you know, it was interesting, because I typically this holistic kind of world, I had to really, you know, work at it. My, my sister, she's very holistic. And she kind of, you know, gave me some, some, things to look at in terms of education and who to follow in terms of education for young children and things like that. And then through that, I kind of found my way and I used a lot of holistic medications and things through cancer um, as well with the permission of my oncologist, right? So they actually t work together to think of a program for me. And again, I've gone for bone density appointments and they're like, what, you had cancer? So it does work if you combine the two, I find for me and everyone's journey is slightly different. But um, back to the death podcast or the death of meditation, for me, it was always hard, right? When, when you would say like, okay, light a candle and blow it out and burn this and, you know, sacrifice your, your, your blood. And I'm like, Okay, so that's totally not who I am. I've never um, done anything like that before, but I'm like, I'm willing to give anything a shot at this point. <laughs> and I think once you let go of being judged or being like, what will people think of me? Then you really, again, like it's all about you. We, we're, we're our own person and we have to really um, just trust that. And I really put all my faith not so much like, again, my goal for 
Dare to Love wasn't about finding that soulmate. And it wasn't about that. It was just about, you know, living my best version of myself and how to give myself the tools to not really care or give an F what people think of me, right? Because, you know, in teaching, for example, are you a good teacher? I mean, I'm a vice principal now, but are you a good VP? Like, we constantly want that affirmation. And when we're not being given that, it's like, I'm doing a terrible job. And then I think that that part was really an essential part of me getting sick in the first place. And um, yeah, back to your point. So I did all the things. I felt a little crazy going down that that spiral of like all the giving up. And again, I was home. I was not working at the time. And um, I only took, you know, a semester off school while I was sick. And it was basically due to COVID. But I think too, I'm a busybody. I always have things to do. You know, my fiance says, like, you have ants in your pants. You can never just sit still. And I think that stillness and that ability to sit in that podcast was really hard for me. Like, it was something I was not comfortable with at first. And as I listened to it and listened to it, it became easier. And again, like you said, sacrificing and giving up all the things that really at that point mattered, including my health. Um, changed me. And I'll just say one thing more. When you're sick, you have one goal. And that goal is to get healthy. And you're willing to do anything to get healthy. You're willing to sacrifice your blood, light a candle, do all the things that you need to do, right? And, um, you know, just to get healthy. But then you start getting better. And you start having things and then you have more things to focus on and you forget about that one goal, which is to get healthy. So oftentimes I'll revisit that meditation because I'm like, my one goal is to be healthy and be the best possible person I can be both for my partner, trying to be a mom, you know, those things that for me, that's the, that's the aha moment. That's what I I go back to every single time. Wow. That's so beautiful. Yeah. So this identity death, you know, I get a little bit of goosebumps because it's like just so amazing how the universe will conspire for all these elements to fall into place in this exact moment, right? Because neither of us, um, you know, had any impact on the pandemic happening, <laughs> but yet it coincided with there to love with you choosing to do that with the cancer coming up and with all those lessons kind of coming together and fitting perfectly. Like it's kind of fascinating to like, listen to you and see like, wow, it's incredible. Um, but when the timing is right, it's right. And, you know, I am curious cause like, okay, you did all of that pre-work, but oftentimes as I shared a little bit about what happened to me in my confrontation when I actually made that leap into, you know, going to the other side of the world to be with Ruan, um, in any way, did you also feel like, oh, there's another layer I need to sacrifice um, for my life partner? Um, or were you confronted in any way by your ego or certain attachments? I mean, you mentioned, you know, certain things bubble up to the surface that are a little bit more like past trauma related, but you know, those are things I think that are healthy and they will happen for everyone to just kind of like reestablish a new way of being within the relationship. And yeah, sometimes we have to just feel like, oh, did I do something wrong? Did I say it wrong? And I think that happens to the best of us. But were there any moments where you felt like, oh my God, I'm losing my mind? Like, you know, because crumb, like your past identity was crumbling away or in, in any shape or form or some sort of confrontation? No, it's, it's funny because I think to, um, yeah, like I, I don't know if my past, I was, I'm just so happy with the person that I am now, but I'm, always looking forward, forward thinking, you know, and I think, um, in terms of my partner, not so much, um, ego or any of that because we're just such a team and it's, I've like, I, I, I've never, I'm just, you always wish you're like, oh my gosh, I wish I would have, you know, realized these things 20 years ago. Right. I wish I would have come into this confidence and the, the, this, um, but it's always been there. And I think for me, which was really hard, I mean, I'm, you know, really close with my family and, and things like that. So, um, you know, moving is, is can be challenging as I, I know, you know, you know, you miss people from your community, right? Your friends. And even, you know, if you move 20 minutes away, it tends to be hard, right? But um, 
I, I just, and, and starting over, like, it, you know, whether he comes here or I go there, it's, it's going to be starting over in some capacity. And so, um, and two, meeting someone at 41 and he's 48 and he in, enjoys his alone time as well. You know, you, you are learning the goings ons of, you know, culturally differences, you know, in a, in a different country, but you have to listen. And I always probably haven't been the best at listening. Um, you know, again, being in education, we think we know everything. And so we're like, I know the answer to this. And then you just, you just do it and you don't consult. Like it's, it's just, it's a different, you know, when you're part of a relationship that's so equal, it, um, and I can only say this, every challenging conversation that I've had or in my head that I've manifested, and I think that's the past, as being difficult. And I'm like, it's over. It's done. This is where it ends, you know, and always thinking of that. This is this is, this is, is it, you know, thinking that we're never going to get work through this because that's my past coming through um, where things would just end based on something so small. Um, I think that it gave me the ability to be like, we can get through this together. And now I really feel like that. Like I have to say, you know, I've lust is different than love. You know, it's a different type of intimacy, right? Like you're just, it's a, it's, you know, you know, that person's going to be there. It's not a whirlwind weekend romance, you know, it's, it's different and it's comfortable. And I, I really do believe that in the past I've always been, you know, I get, get those crazy butterflies where it's like, and I did, don't get me wrong. When I was on a plane to go see him, I was getting like sweating through my shirt, obviously. But as soon as I hugged him and, and stuff, it was just this like ease of the shoulder, drop of the shoulders. And it was just this, um, ability to, you know, have challenging conversations, I can only say that that is that from the get go. And um, for same, we both made sacrifices this year in terms of travel, like we've made this year work. Um, It's not one sided. It's we're both doing our best in order to see each other. We we see each other within every four to six weeks is what we try. And that's kind of the rule. And we laid it out at the beginning. And um, it was funny, because when I left after the first trip, we were like, we'll be exclusive. And, you know, I'm so old and he's so old. We were like, what does that even mean? So literally a week later, we were in a relationship and I'm like, oh my gosh, I have a boyfriend. Like, that's so crazy. And so, um, but I think too, it's, it's just any, and there are things that are going to come up, um, with us living together full, full time. Like we've, li- we've spent weeks and weeks and weeks together, but we haven't live, lived together. And so, um, I'm excited and I'm prepared and I'm, you know, excited for the challenges. He's, I'm someone that goes out like 17 times a day, you know, on the road when I'm on the road, he's someone that likes home, you know, he likes to stay in one place and he works from home. So it's, it's those types of nuances that we have to be able to work together to ensure we have, um, that foundation. Yeah. You know, I, I have so much trust in your journey together. And, and even when you say like, oh, you know, we've never permanently lived together. The fact that you have in those intense periods over and over again lived together. You know, with Ruan and I as well, the first house we got in Chiang Mai in Thailand was a fixer-upper. It had been abandoned for ages. And it was so interesting to see that we stepped into that in very complementary ways. Like, okay, he's a man, so of course he's going to fix things. But I know tons of women who want to take control over every single detail or, you know, I'm, I'm probably also good at fixing certain things, but I took care of the interior and there was not even anything that needed to be discussed. It just happened. It just flowed. And okay, this is like a very black and white description of like, you know, masculinity, mm-hmm. femininity, but it's what I feel in you, which is why I'm giving this example, because like... You know, I met you years ago. It's like, what is it? Two and a half years ago? I think, yeah, three, what, almost three? three years. My cancer, three. Actually, exactly oh my three. gosh. What, you know, what's so funny is that today is 
my cancer date. So it's been three years I've been cancer free. So, Whoa. so today is the day that they, the surgery, they removed the tumor no from my breast. So uh, today, which is no. so crazy, actually. I just, I just noticed it now. That's insane. Cause wow. I was the 29th. So the 17th, I went in for a biopsy. The 21st, I was diagnosed and the 29th, I had surgery. And if March, wow. 2020 was not a great time to be in a hospital. So, yeah. right. So yeah. it was a bit of a dystopian reality where you're like, oh my gosh, is the world ending? Cause there's wheelchairs with in the stacked up in the corner and they, yeah. they did the surgery and, you know, they mark that as your cancer date and then you go through treatment so that it doesn't come back. And oh, congratulations. Um, thank you. Wow, so, that's so yeah. crazy that this is the day. That's so crazy. I know. But, um, yeah, like what you're saying is so true. Like, you know, Brian's definitely the masculine and I'm definitely like the feminine. And, you know, I was kind of trying to juggle both before and I was trying to, you know, work to make the money to, you know, create a life for myself, but also um, be the feminine and have a family and stuff. So like that's for me, like it's really nice to to have um, like something so simple, like um, him carrying my bags and putting them in the car, you know, which I'm just not used to. I'm like, okay, give me that. And then he's not used to. So we, we kind of like, not, I don't want to use the term fight. It's not fighting for that, but it's like, I, we both need to, you know, know that it's, um, it's there and we're not kind of, it's that energy is we have to embrace it from our own, our own ends. And I'm so, so I mean, I'd be, I'd be sending you birthdays and I'm being like, so are we good energy wise? Like I'm so about this. Um, what do I need to do to make sure I bring out the best in them? Right. So I think that that's a big thing too. Yeah. Yeah. I can just feel the relaxation in your nervous system, you know, and I, Looking at it from a primal perspective, I do feel that knowingly or unknowingly, this is something that is conflicting within women, yeah, who do need to take, like, how do I put this? Because, like, obviously, I still have my independence, I still have my projects, I still move with my passions, and I have a purpose, and that's not going to go away just because it became a mother, but at the same time, in order to serve my family in the best way possible, I have to be in my feminine. Otherwise, things are going to clash. And, mm -hmm. you know, Oruwan and I in the first year, we, we did need to clash. Like, And it happened when we um, created our first business together. Um, so there's a herb that we found that, you know, we created a packaging, a website, and we started promoting it. It's a little bit on the background. But mm -hmm. it was a, a beautiful sort of initiation of like, how do we work together as two very driven entrepreneurial people? And that yeah. to us was really a reflection of like, you know, it wasn't easy, but to see like, okay, how do we maneuver this? Anyway, with Ruan and I, it's like in personal life, everything flows great. The professional aspect, we, you know, in the future, we definitely see each other. Uh, we see us working more together with each other. But we can take time and it's just fascinating how these aspects of like, you know, when the woman steps into her masculine and, and how that creates certain clashes and you're giving like a, a very classic example of like, I'm used to doing everything myself. Like I'm used to earning my own money, spending my own money, uh, picking up my own bags. And it's those little things that allow us to soften, allow us to really see that it's not necessary any longer to do everything. Mm -hmm. And I would say from a primal perspective, it isn't meant to be in that way. And I don't mean to say that in the sense of like, oh, women shouldn't run their own businesses and take care of everything. But I do want to say that, yeah, on an energetic level, to me, it often does feel like, like a muscle that is tense. And that tension does create sometimes a barrier. And that barrier doesn't always allow for you know, the deeper intimate longing to be with a partner, like often it will cause for a certain layer of perfection, uh, protection <laughs> through perfection, mm -hmm. I guess. <laughs> Freudian slip. Um, yeah. To, to prevent that. Now it's like a self-sabotage 
And it mm -hmm. eventually comes down to, okay, you can do whatever you want in your life as a woman, but certain things have to be clear. What is it that you want from love, um, mm -hmm. from life and to have mm -hmm. certain things really clear, you know, like, mm -hmm. do you want the life partner? Do you want to start a family? Because mm -hmm. as long as you acknowledge that, and I guess I'm just highlighting this because, um, I, yeah, I, I do actually meet too many women who don't really think about these essential aspects of life. And then they're in their late 30s and it is kind of late, no? Like mm -hmm. it does create mm -hmm. a certain sense of tension. I'm not saying that then therefore you cannot find your life partner because you're an amazing example that anything is possible. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I, I, but maybe for you it was possible because that those essential aspects of life have always been clear like the the dream to be with your partner the dream to be a mother and um yeah i, I believe that once that is clear life can conspire to, in order for it to happen whereas what i often see is like no no this is not the time for love no no this is not the time for a partner i'm focused on my um you know my business and right now this is what life is asking me to do which on the one hand could very well be, but I sometimes do wonder whether that's just an elegant protection mechanism to prevent yourself from having that ego shattering identity crushing experience, <laughs> because on some level, your ego knows that that sacrifice has to be made. And in my case, I was literally at the top of my success when life asked me, like, are you willing to sacrifice it? And it requires a mm -hmm. tremendous amount of trust. For me, it was easy. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. the decision yeah. was easy. <laughs> the actual yeah. journey of releasing my identity, releasing my, my, my work as well, not knowing how it would come back, when it would come back, in what form, that was freaking hard because it really yeah. added to my level of confidence. But at the same time, for me, it's always been there. Like I know family and it's interesting because, you know, I still honor my purpose. And right now I'm just going with whatever I'm passionate about. And funny enough, my podcast is just like, I have one interesting, uh, uh, what do you call it? One interesting participant after the other. And just the mm -hmm. storytelling, no, that that's really what I'm passionate about, which is also how I've reconstructed Dare to Love. Like it's a bundle of stories and they're very intricate stories of, of my own, of clients I've worked with. It's just a bundle of stories. And in the group journey, I, I, that's what I want. I want more stories because it's through the storytelling that we really get inspired through each other. Like, yeah, we share the same scars and traumas. It might have come through a different experience, but we can all relate with each other. And so the rest of it is like the structure of the steps and the certain rituals and practices that you will integrate. But the real power is in the storytelling. And so, sorry, I'm kind of mm. drifting off. No, no. <laughs> what I mean it's to so say true. is that, you know, life is really offering me the capacity by having been able to let it go completely to now mm -hmm. reestablish a new balance of like, wow, I can actually be relaxed because I'm in the perimeter of my man who takes care of certain things that don't require me to need to take care. But because I have the space, my, my creativity is mm -hmm. flowing. And I mean, we have an angel of a daughter, <laughs> you know, yes, when I so compare her, beautiful. I guess every parent does that. But when I compare her to certain other babies that require a lot of attention, it's like, wow, it's, it's really amazing that, you know, we have created such a beautiful child that uplifts us and actually energizes us and everyone sleeps amazing. I've actually overcome mm -hmm. certain elements of, of insomnia because I'm a mother. It's kind of interesting because wow. it just motivated me. I'll make another podcast about this because I've been thinking like, yeah, it's, it's actually quite amazing what I've achieved through the motivation of becoming a mother to focus more on actually tackling certain pain places that prevented me from e being able to sleep well in the past and I think that that's okay. essentially what happens in a true relationship and what I feel is very much present in your relationship where, you know, mm -hmm. you just feel motivated by the other person um, to keep growing, to be better and to love greater and to be more open to again and again, trust more and more and more because we'll never really plateau. And that's the beauty of long-term relationship. So, okay, yeah. the last curious que question I have No, for you. yeah, I love this. I Honestly, it's so always wonderful chatting. No, no, no rush. <laughs> so I, I want to know, 
did he propose when when so you've been together how long now and and when did he propose um it will have been um in february it was like a year i think and then he proposed in he was meant to come at christmas and apparently he was going to propose then and i'm in a you know my dad's very traditional and so he wanted to ask my dad's permission and so he did and my dad that obviously said so cute and my dad obviously said yes. It was cute. My dad was like, you might even take better care of her than I did, which made me so emotional, right? Because I'm like, honestly, I think, you know, definitely my dad is a big, you know, part of who I am. And I'm very similar to him in that whole, like, busybody kind of aspect. And um, and then he just, we were up at, in Collingwood at... um for my birthday, we moved it to, cause he couldn't get in cause of a snowstorm. And so literally Ontario shut down, Northern Ontario shut down. And so he couldn't get in. We made the decision, um, that he would just come in on the Monday. And so we had the train trip and we were going to Ottawa and Halifax and stuff. And then, um, yeah, he proposed in front of my whole family and he proposed with his grandmother's, um, ring from 19, 19- 37 so um and she was canadian so it was it's like a family family ring and it was just honestly like even telling the story i just can't believe it (laughs) you know it's just so exciting and you know i had my niece on my lap and she didn't want to leave my lap and he's proposing and i'm like oh my gosh you know and then we had definitely some you know some drinks that evening to celebrate and i honestly still like my cheeks hurt from glowing but just back to what you said too about just quickly about you know i think it's important we as women realize like always we want the rights to do these things. We want the right. And I've been on committees like status of women committees and stuff like that. But we also need to know when to put those boundaries up. Like we can, we can't do everything. Right. So, and that's any human being, we can't do everything. So we have to be able to, and just to your point of sleeping, (laughs) you know, like it's hard for me to sleep when now we sleep so well, like I'm so used to sleeping in the same bed. I mean, it needs to be a big bed, not a, double bed or but it needs to be like and I just sleep better when you're when you're at peace and I always get made fun of like I can fall asleep within three seconds of my head hitting the pillow and it's just because I'm comfortable I can't do that with everybody so um you know so it's it's just a nice feeling but yeah he's you know he's wonderful I cannot wait for the opportunity for you guys to one day meet in person that would be so fun somewhere in the world we should planet but yeah um you know come to jamaica anytime (laughs) wow that is so beautiful so romantic and so classic you know the way that he proposed and yeah i guess everything that you and i have both shared in this podcast it's it's this weaving right that is part of again i feel like our primal instinctual humanness like we're meant to do things together and we can reflect that either in you know, the sense of knowing what your community is, the way that we are with our family or relationships. But yeah, we're not meant to do everything together because in essence, when when we work together, truly we shine more, no? And that's what alchemy is about. Like we create the greater power because we are together. So thank Mm -hmm. you so much for sharing everything and for your story. And I am just so... Yeah, so, 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 so happy that you are where you are. Like, I can feel it, you know, in your nervous system, in your energy, in the softness of your eyes and your smile and the radiance of your skin. Yeah, I can really feel like, wow, something dramatically shifted. Even though from the external, you're still the same beautiful Laura, you're more (laughs) beautiful because, yeah, something has sunk in. It's like, ah. Yeah, something has, you know, it, it's really that ah <laughs> that I see in you. Yeah. And I'm really excited. Yeah. And I trust yeah. we will encounter each other at some point somewhere. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. And thank definitely. you to you. Like, without you, I don't know 
what I would do like through cancer and through dare to love. And it's just was such the best decision I've ever made in my life to take that course and meet you. So it's honestly, I feel so connected to you always. And you're just such a magical, wonderful human being and amazing mother and all of the things. And, you know, just really happy our paths cross when they did at the time they did. So thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Hey, thanks for tuning in. (laughs) I hope you enjoyed this episode. Now, before you go, I have a quick announcement to make. This year, I'll be teaching Dare to Love again. So if you are fed up dating the wrong guys and you want to attract your soulmate, go to nalayachakana.com and check out the Dare to Love course. This will be the only opportunity to work with me before our next pregnancy. So knock on my door if you have any questions. I'd love to hear from you.